This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane. We took a week off and we are refreshed and recharged. And we actually have two episodes coming this week, both to help preview the college football playoff game against Georgia. Today's episode, we're going to talk a little hoops. Non-con is basically over. One more game left against Alabama, A&M, Tech, Central State. We're going to talk about, you know, the non-con slate of basketball. But then we have Tyvis Powell on to preview the Georgia game. Our episode coming out later this week is going to be with Devere Posey. So a couple of repeat guests, but those are our go-to football guys. A great episode, but we're going to start off by talking a little bit of hoops. We haven't spoken since the North Carolina game. They beat Maine. They beat the heck out of Maine. Yeah. Let's just non-con assessment. How do you think this team has looked? What needs to change? What needs to keep happening? Take it away. I'll chime in when necessary. Yeah, I think that overall the grade is a B, meaning they won every game they were supposed to win. They lost every game we thought they were going to lose. And they won one game that we thought they might win and they might lose, right? Um, obviously, if, you, if, if we could play San Diego State tomorrow, I'd love to. I think we've made leaps and bounds of positive moves since then, right? If we could have played Texas Tech first and then San Diego State, I think we beat San Diego State, right, in that scenario. But all that aside, non-conference in general, right? We had our bumps and weird games where we won by 20, but it felt closer than that And against the shitty teams. We beat the hell out of some teams like we did against Maine. You know, we lost to Duke. Um, we lost to North Carolina last week or a week and a half ago, whenever you're listening to this, in what was a miserable, terrible, should have won that game. But all things considered, it went how you thought it was going to go. Um, when you dive deeper into it, there's way more positives than negatives. I think that the team is better than anticipated. I think that the rough patches are easily fixable and correctable and will change as the team grows up and the players grow up. I think that the main positive is the fact that when your defense is more the issue versus your offense, that's something that can be coached versus an offense at some points just can't be coached, right? When you you either have good offensive talent or you don't, we clearly do. I think the freshmen are way better than we thought they were going to be. Coach Holman talked about it a ton in the early going, like we're going to go as the freshmen go. And there's no doubt about it that, Bryce Sensible is one of the best freshmen in the entire country, let alone the Big Ten in terms of impact. Bruce Thornton has been the most pleasant surprise of anybody on the entire team. He already runs the team like a senior, takes care of the rock, shoots at a high, high level from three and uh, in the paint, um, which is just so awesome. Roddy Gale has been a proven spark off the bench, can go out and guard the other team's best player, um, create for himself. And then Felix Akpara, who as of lately has come on in a big, big way, um, the, the non-conference is for getting your team together, getting them on the right mission, the right path, finding a rotation that you like, seeing what guys can play down the stretch of games and what guys can't, what guys can contribute at a high level and what guys can, um, you can't expect as much from. And I think that Holtman has not only found his starting five, um, but he also has found, okay, these are the 
nine guys, the maybe 10 guys that I can roll with. Um, we've got the number one offense in the country by some metrics. We're a top 10 Kempom uh, offensive rated team, maybe even top five when we're, when we're recording this. And overall, we're ranked in the top 20 in, in net and top 15 in Kempom, which is a huge, huge deal. We fixed the defense, uh, which may be as simple as getting Isaac Likely back and getting Eugene Brown back. And I think that this team is a force to be reckoned with. I'm really, really excited heading into Big Ten play. Take care of business against Alabama A&M. Um, start off, even though we already started off strong against Rutgers, but start off strong against Northwestern on the road. And man, like the sky's the limit. Like the first being top four in the Big Ten should be the absolute goal, without a doubt. I think they can compete to win the regular season. I mean, it's not, it's not out of reach. So. Yes, the grade is a B for the non-conference. That's purely based on results, but it's probably a B plus, A minus, all things considered, in the fact that the outlook of this team is so positive. So I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Andrew, but that's kind of how I look at it is the outlook is super positive after non-conference. Yeah, I think what's what's interesting about this, and are you going to be at the Northwestern game? I will, yeah. Okay. Um, I think what's super interesting about the eight and three record is normally with teams, it's like, oh, well, they could have lost this one. They should have lost that one. I think that kind of evened out with North Carolina and Rutgers. You know, the North yep. Carolina game should have, should have, could have gone the other way where Ohio State wins. Rutgers, Tanner Holton's out of bounds, could have gone the other way. So I think the eight and three record is is truly indicative of how they are. They're they're eight and three through 11 games. There's no, well, this, this is that it's accurate. I think you're seeing what has to happen for the team to be successful, which is Zed stay out of foul trouble, Justice suing score his 10 to 15 a game and the freshmen be leaders. I think the big thing is when is Isaac ice likely going to, you know, re-contribute like he was doing the first few games of the season. When is your dream? What? <laughs> he's got to be playing. Right. But no, yeah. I mean, you know, when is it? I don't think he's just going to come back and he's like, all right, he's back. You know, this is it. like when he's got to get reintegrated, Eugene Brown is going to come back and take some minutes. Like there's just it. my, to be the, the negative guy, which I kind of do sometimes it's like, okay, now we're going into Big Ten play and there's going to be some other pieces you have to fit in. Hopefully that doesn't matter and you just roll with the guys that have been working. Eugene Brown is not a guy you got to create, you know, shots for and he's going to be like, hey, where's my where's my buckets? Where's my points? Like, you get back a, a really, really good defender that wants to come in and, and play really good defense. But I think we're seeing this team is going to go as far as the freshman will take them, like you've said repeatedly. And similar to... You know, the situation with, with Malachi last year, which was if Ohio State goes to the Sweet 16, if Ohio State does well, Big Ten, if Ohio State goes far, it's going to be because of Malachi, which is going to make him him leave. I, last year, you know, jumped on that Malachi train really early. Everyone is on the Bryce Sensabaugh train, kind of because of Malachi. They saw that that's a possibility that a non-top 10 recruit can be you know, a, a first round pick, which is pretty interesting for Ohio State fans who hadn't seen that, you know, in, in, in a few years, in a long time since D'Angelo Russell, obviously he went number two. But I, I think I'm way more optimistic about the team at this point than I was when you said it's the most talented team they've ever had. Not opt optimistic enough to where I say they're the clear cut favorite in the Big Ten. They're this, they're that, because they're not. But 
I would be shocked, if, like you said, if the team's not competing for a top four spot in the Big Ten, top four spot in the Big Ten tournament. And I would be absolutely beyond shocked if they are not, you know, within a few weeks slotted in as a for sure tournament team. And they already are that they're, you know, anywhere from from nine to really as I've seen five, six, whatever for tournament predictions, Lenardi, et cetera. Like they will be cemented in the tournament pretty soon. Frustrating they're not in the top 25, but that changes overnight. So to sum up what I just said is basically they are in a better spot than I thought they would be at this point. And I'm not going to say that all the concerns have been answered, but I will say all the questions have been answered. And now it's just the questions that were answered in, in a negative way, which are, can you get consistency from all the guys that we had questions about are if they can do that, we know what it's going to be. Yeah. I I think, I think you're right. I, I don't think there's any reason to talk about the NCAA tournament because they're going to be in it. It's just a matter of, do they overperform, right? And they are a five seed or do they kind of underwhelm at points of the year and they're an eight or nine seed? I think that they're cemented in that, you know, that six, seven, eight range, right? Like there's not much you can change at this point. They had opportunities against Duke and against North Carolina and against San Diego state, right? You got to win those games if you want to be a top three seed, right? I mean, four seeds still doable, you know, you've already, that's just a matter of being a top 15 team in the country, essentially. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, man. It'll be a lot of fun. The big 10 obviously tells you way more about your team than the non-conference does. Um, the big 10 is wide, wide, wide open. Purdue is great, but man, does, I mean, having two freshman guards lead your team, just like Ohio state, there's going to be a lot of questions. So, yeah. um, it, it's interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I think uh, I think you're spot on with all the questions have been answered, but there are still concerns, of course. All the questions, without a doubt, have been answered. And Ohio State is a formidable tournament, Sweet 16 caliber team this year, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. I think in years past, under Holtman, your teams included, it's been like, hey, is this team good enough to make the tournament in the preseason? Or, hey, is this team good enough to be a a two or one or three seed it's pretty easy to tell with what we've seen in the non-con so far is this team's not going undefeated in big 10 play but this team is going to win enough games to to put you where you want to be and need to be um how cool would it be if they went undefeated that'd be that'd be incredible and i i tweeted this um i'm already seeing this happening mizzou beat the shit out of illinois pounded them they were up by 30 at one point literally like not not to release my Big Ten rankings. Thank you for that. What'd you say? I have to release my Big Ten power rankings. Today. Oh yeah, you're gonna have if you don't have Mizzou on there, our friendship might be terminated. <laughs> Hold on, Chad. I'm moving my laptop to my other laptop where I have my Big Ten power rankings. Not to brag, I have two laptops. Um, you have to have lost to Mizzou as as a we're, tier. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it real. We're gonna make it. A, a, the outro of the show is gonna be us making the Big Ten Power Rankings. So okay, stay tuned for that. Um, so we'll do that at the end. We'll get to that here in a second. We are gonna talk. We talk a lot of football with Tyvis, as mentioned, but we're gonna do a little bonus football episode with with Devere Posey. Spoiler alert! At the end of the week, 
Um, but I already see Mizzou and Ohio State playing in March Madness in the round of 32, and it's going to kill me. And I'm going to cheer for Mizzou despite, you know, definitely having at this stage more of an allegiance <laughs> with, with Ohio State basketball. But I think for the fun of the show, I'll cheer for Mizzou. And we will be there, obviously, because it will be the greatest moment of our post-college lives. But I'm I'm saying it right now, Ohio State and Mizzou will play in the in the second round of of March Madness in the round of 32. I would love it purely for content. So I'm with you. I, but no one cares about basketball. It's the football. The college football playoff is happening days from now. Um, nobody cares what we have to say about it. Everybody cares what Tyvis has to say about it. So I feel like without further ado, we get to the, the man himself, Tyvis Powell. Let's do it. All right. Join us now on Drive the Lane. Tyvis Powell, who famously said Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in the playoff, but now they are. We're going to jump right into it. Tyvis, have you changed your mind? Have I changed my mind about them deserving to be? No, they didn't deserve to be in, but now that they're in, I'm rooting for them for sure. Um, This is obviously one of those facing the Giants moments. You know, it's we're very similar to us in 2014, 2015. We went went up against the big bad Alabama. You look at this Georgia team, and the number one thing that stands out is that defensive line, which rightfully so. I mean, they got probably arguably the best player in college football in Jalen Carter. It's a it's gonna be a tall task for the Buckeyes, but outside of that matchup. I like the Buckeyes against any other thing, but our offensive line versus their defensive line will be the story of this game. And, and Tyvis, I'm sure we'll get into the details, but we could start big and get smaller. They almost lost to Missouri. We know Missouri stinks on this show. We know that Missouri never <laughs> has the right to be in any game, basketball or football. So I'm wondering, are oh, wow. you're beautiful, right? what is it? This ain't, this ain't more personal. Eh? This is a personal attack. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Listen, they were okay. Yes, they were in games with Missouri and Kent State. But like I said, when you look at those teams on the schedule, obviously, you know, they're like how we view, you know, the Purdue's of the world or the Indiana's or Northwestern's and the big, you know, there are teams that you just supposed to go out there and dominate. So I would say that they came out relaxed just thinking that they would cruise their way to victory. Obviously, Missouri, Kent State were looking to make an upset, so they came out with a lot of passion. So that's what made those games closer. Obviously, going into this game with what's at stake, I don't think either team's going to come out like days ago. I think they're going to come out firing on all cylinders because this is a shot at the national championship here. Absolutely. I know that fans are excited because there's a lot at stake. It feels like there's a lot at stake for individual players and not just the team as a whole. Like it feels like Stroud has a chance to, you know, etch himself in history. Ryan day can prove a lot, a lot, a lot of haters long wrong. My question to you, who has the most at stake in this game? Mm, That's a great question. Actually, between Ryan day and CJ Stroud, I think it's, I would say more is Ryan Day. I think C.J. Stroud, whether he plays well in this game or not, I think he's pretty much cemented himself, you know, as being a top quarterback in this draft. Um, obviously, if he goes out there and he dices up George's defense and looks well, get a host the stock, and he can argue with Bryce Young for the number one quarterback in the draft. However, 
Ryan Day, on the other hand, like this is now it's about recruiting because you can see how Ohio State, yes, we had a top five class, but we lost a lot of commitments in this class and we're struggling to get, you know, outside of wide receiver, we're struggling to get five stars in any other position. And we just lost a quarterback commit who's the five star as well. So I think this is more for Ryan Day. You know, guys are looking around. Yes, NIL is playing a big deal, but now they're looking like can Ryan, Ryan Day seems like he can't win the big game. Like, I come here and, yeah, we're going to have a good career, but are we going to be able to win national championships? And I think he could put that to bed because his last time going to this to, to the Natty, obviously Bama kind of embarrassed us in that game. It really hasn't shown that he's able to win those big games. So this is the big moment for him. If he can go out there and find a way to slay that beast, I think that would put a lot of recruits at ease and then make it more appealing to come here. So – Andrew alluded to it. I think that we as a podcast here at Drive the Lane are we side on the positive side of of narratives, of storylines, uh, especially Buckeye related. Um, you just talked about it. I think the way that we're kind of looking at this game uh, and obviously you go game by game with the opportunity to play Michigan is the dream. But you go game by game here for Ryan Day, for C.J. Stroud, for Ohio State, it's an opportunity to prove, like, hey, we're still here, we belong. Ryan Day can, like you just said, get on a different kind of pedestal than he was, like he was at before. C.J. Stroud can cement himself maybe as the best quarterback in Ohio State history, yada, 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 tons of storylines. If you are on the staff at Ohio State, what are you saying to the guys? What is the story you guys are trying to write? <laughs> What story am I trying to write is this? Listen, the, the funny thing is that the story has been written before. I mean, you, it, and it isn't that <laughs> far away. You can look at that story and see how this thing comes out. My advice to them would be, you know, you're in this game for, the, for a reason. You know, the Lord and, and fate and destiny has put you at this fourth seed for a reason. There's no mistake that, they, that you got here. So prove the universe correct by showing that you belong in there. Like, like I said, when we went, obviously, everybody said, no shot, no chance. Y'all getting blowed out, blah, 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 blah. And that's the same narrative. But if all you have to do is believe in yourself, you got to believe that this program, this program is good enough and that you are good enough to bang with anybody. Don't go in there and just because it's Georgia and it's the SEC that you feel like you got to lay down. No, you show them that you're here to play and we got some dogs too, which was our mindset when we went in there. We, would show, we wanted to show the world, hey – He's just as good, if not better, than anybody in this whole CFP. So go there with that mindset. Um, and obviously, what is the leader? You know, if everybody respects CJ and, and that's the case, then they understand that at this present moment, his name has been tarnished. CJ can't beat the team up north. He can't win Big Ten Championship. He can't win Natties. He can't win the big game. Well, if y'all really care and love him, then y'all go out here and y'all play y'all hearts out because this is the last chance that he has to get this thing done, to change the narrative. And you can play a part. It might not be your name. It might be C.J. Stroud's name. But deep down, he will thank you so much for helping him get to where he want to be. So I think if y'all if, if, if y'all care about him and love him like y'all say, then y'all will play your hearts out. Not just for him, but for all the seniors and for the legacy of Ohio State. So I think that's what I would be that like they like coach Meyer would tell us our honor defend we will fight to the end for Ohio that's the same thing that you have to do in this game you have to leave it all out on the line and play with passion and let the chips fall where they may so in theory that sounds great but I got to tell you your team 
Tyvis Powell, Joshua Perry. All right. <laughs> I love, love the way you started. <laughs> M- Michael Thomas, Ezekiel Elliott, Cardell Jones, a lot of dogs. Sounds, sounds like a, you know that sounds like sounds like a bunch of three star athletes. Doesn't matter what they what they were, <laughs> it matters what they are now. What I'm trying to say is, you know, plays got to happen. Players got to make plays. So now yeah. from the field standpoint, what has to actually happen for Ohio State to be able to win this game? So what has to happen is they have to find a way to pr- protect C.J. Stroud because unlike, see, at the edge is different. You know, when you got a DN that's dominant like that, you know, you can you could throw a tight end to that side. You can have a running back chip to that side, or you can just roll away from that side. When you're dealing with a defensive tackle, it's different because it's coming straight down the middle of the field. And yes, you can get a double team on them, but at some point, if you send another blitz, it's gonna turn into a single. So now this guy has to to handle this this big defensive tackle by himself, as far as a guard or a center goes. They have to find a way to get that done. And what's going to happen is if they spend all day double teaming, then George is going to going to counter that sending blitzes. And now you got to pick up a blitz and now it's the man free. So it's going to turn into a one-on-one thing. CJ is going to have to find a way to, to get rid of the ball. And these receivers, if that's what we harp on, on how great our wide receivers are, they're going to have to make plays in the passing game because I'm not saying CJ Stroud is going to have more four seconds to get rid of that ball. So it's going to be some quick routes and they're going to have to make people miss. On the flip side, Obviously, Georgia loves using their tight ends and they love their run game. So now we've we've shown that we're a physical team. You know, they our physicality to me is not the problem this year. The reason that they lost to the team up north to me is because they were overhyped. You know, they, all offseason, it's all we talked about was beating the team up north and how they embarrassed us, that they went out there and and wanted to be the more physical team. And I think it turned into a mental game. You know, the team up north just outsmarted them in plays. Um, but that being said, they just need to go out there and make sure that they do handle their job and do their assignment. If I got the B gap, then I got the B gap this whole game. No matter what happens, I'm going to hold down the B gap. And then the tackling is going to be at a premium. You're going to get a team that's going to run the ball or give it to the tight end. Those are big guys. So these guys are going to have to wrap up when they come down and hit. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this. If we lose to a tight end, it should be some furniture moving down there because I've never in my life heard of Ohio State losing to a tight end. So with that being said, that's all up to Ronnie Hickman, uh, Lathan Ransom, and those guys coming in and, and playing some good defense. If you can lock down the number one tight end, in, as in the guy from Notre Dame, uh, Michael Mayer, I think his name was. Yep. If you can lock him, if you can have a great game against him, then you should be able to have a great game against these guys from Georgia. So you've already shown that you have the talent, you have what it takes to do it. Now you just got to do it for four quarters. So one thing that isn't maybe as true in basketball as it is for football is I feel like I'm always hearing you just got to win your matchup, right? It, it's you versus them. You got to win this rep, you know, win that rep, win five reps, whatever it is. You know, that's not something we necessarily talked about in basketball, even though basketball, there's much more one-on-one probably than there is in football Correct. because 10 guys on the field versus 11 guys aside. Anyway, at the level that we're at, there's four teams left. You're playing the best team in the country. Does it come down to can you win your matchup at a certain point? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to take some guys that's going to be able to win. Like I say, at the wide receiver position, 
we have more than what it takes. Obviously, those guys are playmakers. If it turns into a fact that Georgia is playing man-to-man and they like blitzing, then it's going to take those wide receivers to win their one-on-one matchup, get open. And and with C.J. Stroud, all you need is a little window to get the ball in there. So that's what we mean when we say one-on-one. As far as defensively goes, if I'm back when I was playing, like if I was playing, I would tell, I would tell Coach Ash, hey, whoever this tight end is, I, I got him all night, man to man. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to dun him for us. All right, so we ain't even got to worry about him. That right there would be me going one-on-one up against somebody and taking him out of the game so we don't have to worry about him. That's what has to happen in this secondary. Like I said, the secondary, the safety have been fine. It's been the corners that's been the ones that's kind of scared me a little bit this season. However, Georgia doesn't have the wide receivers that I fear and – this defensive line, everybody, if you go back and look at this season on the D-line, every one of our D-linemen have had a game where they've looked unbelievable. You think JTT, you think of Mike Hall, you think of Zach Harrison, you even think of Jack Sawyer. Those guys all have games where they just looked really good. They have to do it this game. They all have to put it together this game. All four of them have to come to play and be able to put it together for this game and for the national championship game if they make it there. So that's what's important. So I think we've done enough serious talk. Uh, we, we like to have some fun with you, Tyvis, on the show. <laughs> My first question for you is going to make you think, and it's going to probably offend some people, but if you could put one player from your national championship team on the roster right now for the game against Georgia and hopefully the national championship, who are you pulling? And you can't pull yourself. One guy. This is going to sound absolutely like insane for me to say this. And I, and I know what it sounds like. And I don't mean in no disrespect when I say this, but it's for a, a legitimate reason. If I could pull one player from our national team and put them on this roster, it would be Joe Thomas Barrett fourth. That's who. It would be. Wow. I did not why? think that that would. Did you like to know why? Yeah, please. Why is the follow-up question? <laughs> the, the the reason why is it has a different type of dog in them than than, and I, I mean no disrespect to CJ, but when I see JT, it's like a it's a different dog type in him. He can get people to at a certain way. He can get people to feel where he's coming from, and you get out there and you feel like you better than what you may be, what you may be, and. I think that's the leadership that's missing a little bit on that period that they don't have a guy that's just like, listen, I do, and you going to go with me or you not going to go with me, but I can go by myself, but I need some, at least two of y'all to go with me. And I think JT's speeches could get those somebody to get, go with him. So that's, that's why. Uh, okay. My question for you uh, on a similar, but different note. Um, I know that, one of the mottos with, with urban was like fear, nobody respect everyone. Something like that. Right. Respect all fear. None. Right. That's respect. All, okay. Fear, none. Okay. Um, but you're not a player anymore. Now you're a fan, right. In quotes, you're like a super fan. It's I'm a little a, bit different. I'm an analyst. <laughs> right. But, but, but you're a, but you're a fan, just like I'm a fan, just like Andrew's a fan. Right. Sure. Um, sure. You can say in this, in the sense that you're not in the locker room and you don't have to put on any sort of front, like players have to do and give fake answers. So my question 
is scale of one to, and I have a follow-up question. Scale of one to ten, how how fearful are you of Georgia if you're an Ohio State fan, player, whatever? You're rooting for Ohio State. How how fearful are you? From a fan's perspective, how fearful am I of of Georgia? Yeah. You look at the matchup, how scared should Ohio State fans be? I about a seven and a half. Something like that. Around seven and a half. And and why not why not hire? They're the number one team in the country. Why not hire? Because they have they can be beat. Um they although they look dominant, just feel like it, it's a lot of holes in their game. Um if you go back and watch stuff, obviously the only game that a lot of people's gonna go off of is Tennessee. Because it's like Tennessee had this high power offense that Georgia was able to shut it down. And to me, yeah, they did do that. But it's I think it's a, just a different type of thing. You need uh, – we are more much more balanced. Um, if Mayan Williams is playing, obviously that's a huge help. Um, and I like Ryan Day when he calls plays accordingly. So with that being said, <laughs> with us being balanced, that would throw them off a little bit. Yes, when you're going up with Tennessee and you're on the D-line, you can pass rush because you just know 90% of the time it's going to probably be a pass play. When you have to worry about the run, you can't get too far up the field thinking that you're going to pass rush because they'll just run the ball right up under you. And that's where I think that we have more of an advantage than Tennessee did. And it's been, even though it's been up and down, it's been times where our run game has been successful with the guys being healthier. I think that's going to play a big part in that. And I think the run game is the X factor in this game. Okay. So then my follow up question, and we don't look ahead, we never look ahead, but who's scarier? For Ohio State fans, Georgia, or I'll, we'll just assume Michigan, Georgia or Michigan. Oh, Georgia. It would be Georgia. I think see, if they play a team up north again, I don't think, I think what will happen is they will be much more relaxed this time. It won't be as much energy towards it. Yes, it's the national championship. Yes, it's your rivalry, but you've already seen what they have to offer. So now there's no surprises. Right. You know how to plan accordingly. See, coming into that game, they were like, we're going we're gonna to sell out on the run and make J.J. beat us with his arm. Well, he beat you with his arm, so now you know that he can make those plays. So right. if you play him again, you'll play him with more respect. Is it fair to say he sucks? I think he kind of sucks still, after, even after that game. You know what? I say that he sucks. I would say that he's getting better every week. He's, okay. he's been impressive. But he kind of sucks. He's been impressive these last couple, the last couple of games he's been impressive. I thought he was terrible this whole year. But right. The last couple of games. I had the I had the classic experience where the whole game I'm telling my dad, I'm like, just make this guy throw. He stinks, like stinks out loud. Tearing it up. Yeah, no, but even after the first touchdown, I was like, Well, that's a fluke. Like he just closed his eyes and threw it up there. Um <laughs> and then sure enough, he beats us. The flip side happened when Ohio State played North Carolina the other day in basketball. I don't know if you watched that game. But the whole game, my dad was like, I've seen the end of it. Yeah, the whole game, my dad was like, Pete Nance is on North Carolina. Pete Nance stinks, blah, blah, blah. And then he hits the game time shot to go to overtime. So <laughs> um, that's that's all I, was, I still think it he was stinks. Kobe esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I still think that JJ, I, I don't like his demeanor. I don't like anything about him. Maybe it's just because he wears the colors he wears, but that's neither here nor there. I wish I, I mean, I love him. He's a classic. I'd love him on my team, guy. He donated all that money to all those charities, too. It's like, how can you not like the guy? But I don't like him. Anyway. It'd be like that. <laughs> Tyvis, I got one I got one final question. Okay. 
2025, okay. is there a better chance that Ryan Day or Tyvis Powell is the head coach of Ohio State? Whoa. 2025. First of all, it would be Ryan Day because I'm not applying for that at all. Not, <laughs> never would I ever. And you can book this. You can book this. I, Tyvis Powell, will never ever be the head coach at Ohio State University. Wow. For the simple fact that I'm not, I'm not with that NIL stuff. So, and, and and I'm not one of those coaches that. Is going to be your buddy, buddy, just so you don't transfer. I'm going to tell you like it is, and I'm going to encourage you to transfer if you can't handle <laughs> it because I only want the stronger guys here. So with that being said, by default, it'll be Ryan Day. So follow-up question, what's more likely? And again, we are the positive side of the Ohio State fan world. Like we are, we're Ryan Day guys. We will, we're until like yes. something, yes. some catastrophe happens. Like there's no man better for the job. Truly. We don't I think agree. so. At least I don't think so. I don't know how Andrew feels necessarily. Um, all that being said, 2026, okay, so one year later, what's more likely? 2026, because we know the hot seat is, like, lukewarm. Like, it's Ohio State. You got to win. You got to win big games. You just have to. So, 2026, handful of years from now, what's more likely? Ohio State has a national championship or Mike Vrabel's the head coach? AKA Ryan Day is not the head coach. You know what? In 2026, are you saying up until 2026 would they have won a national championship? The year it's it's 2026, meaning you have next year, you have the year after that, and another year. So three years, three seasons. Will Ohio State A be a national champion or B have a new head coach? Which one or the other? I would say. I would say both because I think once they get the national championship, that's when Ryan Day will leave and, and to the NFL. I'm going to say both, but if I had to pick one, I would pray to God that <laughs> it would take another 12 years to get a ring. Like Amen. Before, so I'm going to say national championship out of just for, I'm going to say it from my heart. Think from my heart, not from my mind. All right. That's a good answer. Tyvis, you have more experience than anyone in the world with this. Before we get you out of here, any questions for us? And I know you, we know you yeah, came prepared. The smile, if you're not watching on YouTube, the smile is massive right now. He's so I got <laughs> <laughs> All right, my question, my question one for Andrew. The first question is how are how are where are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns now that they are eliminated from the playoffs thank you for asking me that because i was going to ask you about the browns but i didn't want to waste the question i am not super excited about the future of stefanski i know that's kind of the hot (laughs) thing to not like stefanski and like the play calling but i i just don't think nick chubb gets the ball enough in situations when he needs the ball and i think part of that is well, the ball should be in Deshaun Watson's hands. He can create, but then don't give it to Kareem Hunt. So that is what's frustrating me is the lack of Chubb getting the ball, especially when it's not in favor of going to Watson. So I think what needs to happen moving forward is there needs to be more focus on Chubb. I mean, look how much Zeke gets the ball with Dak. Can't we create the same thing with the best running back in the NFL and Watson? 
So my thoughts are, if you can't figure out how to use Chubb and Watson, you got to find someone else to do it. And I think the answer is Ryan Day after he wins a natty this year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, okay. Thank you. That was uh, was actually a great answer. Wait, Tyvis. Tyvis, 2024 trivia question you'll be able to use. Who's the first coach to head coach to win a national championship and Super Bowl in back-to-back years? It'll be Ryan Day with Ohio State. In the same state. state. In the same state. Same state, back-to-back years, Day. But I doubt that they would hire Ryan Day after moving on from Kevin Stefanski. They would probably get a guy who's more in the NFL and knows how to handle the situation. But my next question for Joe. That's neither here nor there, though, Andrew. (laughs) <laughs> Joey is will okay so what is this 2022 20 the 2023-24 season okay. basketball will yep. Bryce Sensible be a player on that roster absolutely not he won't be a player on the <laughs> roster next year it's a good question it's a good question so they're both so so he's gonna have back-to-back one and done freshmen yeah, I I have some I yes, I, I do think so because I think Bryce is the key to Ohio State's success. And we have the number one rated offense in the country in points per possession right now, which is like that doesn't happen. Like that's not a that that doesn't happen. The dude is averaging 16 points in 20 minutes a game right now. Like that's just insane. And so then come big ten play, he will excuse me, he will go from averaging 16 points in 20 minutes to averaging 20 in 25 minutes or or 20 in 35 minutes, right, if he can play defense and stay on the court. But regardless, we will go as the freshmen go, and mainly that is Bryce Sensible. So for me, and I'm going to steal something from Andrew. I don't even know if Andrew said this, but if he hasn't, he's thought it. He is Bryce Sensa gone. <laughs> That's good. I, th- I think so too. I, I, well, I really nothing the kid can't do. So, he's, and the scary part is he's only going to get better once they get in the conference play. Obviously, they're going to throw you know some double teams, throw some stuff at him that he ain't seeing. Now, how, how he handles that will tell me everything because I remember Malachi saying last year that he played what game was it? And I want to say he said he played somebody, and it was at that moment that he knew he was ready to go to the next level. And I think Bryce got something similar in that, that fashion to see. And we're I can't wait to see it in person with you, Tyvis. We got to go to a game. Oh, we definitely got to go to a game. I'm, I'm trying to go to the girls' game when they play Iowa because I want to see Caitlin Clark. Yes, we should go to that game. I want to see yeah. if she really go pull up from half court. I'm in for that game. When is it, do you know? We'll figure that it's, out. It's, <laughs> at, it's like January 23rd. Oh, I'm so like. in for that. We'll figure that out. I'm so in for that. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Divis, we're going to save this for the next time we have you on because we're going to get you out of here. But a good little nugget to to throw around. Will Bryce Sensiball and C.J. Stroud's combined draft pick number be higher or lower than 30? That's a good – that's a good little – that's a good little question. So if it's lower than 30, that's awesome. So think, think about it. Think about it. Stroud could go top five and, and Bryce could go top 25. We'll see. That's think about it. 
Next time we have you on, that will be the topic oh, of discussion. I gotta see. The, I gotta see some more Bryce first. Let me see. Let me watch Bryce the big team play, and then I'll make that answer. But, but then if Bryce stays another year and he's a lottery pick, then that's a lock under thirty. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I hope he. I, I hope he stays. CJ's going top five. Well, CJ's going top five for sure. Right, I don't know because they got Will Levis and Bryce Young in front of him. Well, after after the Will he, Levis thing blows me. Yeah, after after CJ Stroud leaves leads the Buckeyes and flips the script on his whole entire career and leaves a national champion, he'll be the first pick. I agree. No, Jalen Carter's still going to be the first pick, but no, he'll be the second pick to the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Carter should definitely. If I'm the Texas, I'm picking up somebody. I get Jacoby Brissett and then get uh, get Jalen Carter with my pick. That's just me, though. Oh well, then they'll actually be good if they have Brissett. They'll finally have a good quarterback, unlike Watson. That's for another podcast too. Sammy Block. All right, Sammy Block. <laughs> All right, Davis. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. All right, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Tyvis. Like we said, we got another episode coming here in a few days with Devere Posey, a little more football content. Shout out to our guy, Denny. Intro, outro, check out his music. Denny on all platforms. Joey's going to do a little bit of his power rankings, Big Ten power rankings. We're walking through it right now, Andrew. Um, Minnesota, keeping them at the bottom, keeping them white because, like, it's cold there, but I need something better than it's freezing. What? I mean, but go Vikings. Should I just be like, how, how good are those Vikings? What about just Justin Jefferson? <laughs> I like that. Justin Jefferson plays in this state. Yeah, that's good. Justin Jefferson plays in the state. Okay. You have to do. You have to do lost to Mizzou for Illinois, no matter where you I, I already have that written, lost to Mizzou, Illinois. I have That's that. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Right, I got it. Thank you. Um, Indiana, Wisconsin, I have them on the same tier. I think I'm going to throw Ohio State on that tier. Um, Maryland has looked so bad. Wait, I have a good, I have a good tier. I have a good name for Ohio State. Okay, but I'm not giving Ohio State their own tier. No, I have a good tier. I have a good name for that tier that you were just saying. Yeah, the, right now that tier is Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Rutgers. I have a good name for that tier. Please. Don't want to play them. We'll be frustrated at some point this season if you are a fan of that team. <laughs> I, can't, I can't put that one. Um, so I'm putting Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Maryland all in the same tier, and I'm saying – uh, good, comma, primary color is red. Okay. All those are red. Um, or should I say team red? Should I say red teams? I'm going to say red teams. What if you did? What if you did? I'm putting Illinois in the lost to Mizzou tier underneath them. But what if you do a tier of Ohio State and Maryland and say not ranked? Question mark. but then I could do that for Rutgers too. Throw them in. I think that they're all – so you think I put Indiana, Wisconsin, a tier above those guys? Yeah, I mean, those guys, them- are ranked, those guys are ranked in the top 20. They're a tier above. You're right. Okay, need to add a row. Add row below. 
I like it. So Ohio State, Rutgers, and Maryland. Unranked? Question mark? Question mark? Exclamation point? Question mark? <laughs> That's good. For Michigan, then, for Michigan, you should put focused on TCU. Uh, should I say we're on? We are on the TCU. Yeah. Or like beat the Horn Frogs. Yeah. Which one? Mm. All eyes on TCU. Yeah. Okay, I have them. I'm gonna rank. I'm gonna rank them higher. Do you have any good bad? Do you have any like normal tiers? Yes. There's uh. No. That's why I want. All right. We'll we'll let we'll let Joey figure this out. For the first time in a long time, we can say buckle up, drive the lane, and beat a team they're playing in basketball and football. That's pretty exciting. Couldn't be more excited about that, Andrew, actually. Uh, I For some reason, and you'll he, listen more, uh, we'll save this for when we talk to, to DP, DeVere Posey, but like cautiously optimistic again about the Buckeyes. Is cautiously, are we confusing cautiously optimistic with nothing to lose? I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I have no nerves for the game because they shouldn't win, but that doesn't mean I'm, optimistic i just kind of like am not nervous yeah i'm i i i think you're spot on i'm there's nothing to lose and you don't want to play you won't want to play a, a junkyard dog that's got nothing to lose yeah. all right buckle up drive the lane go buckeyes beat them bulldogs and beat the wildcats don't forget gotta be the bull Wave that towel in your hand.